Welcome, welcome to Worship from Schweitzer. We're so glad you've joined us today. If this is your first time, again, the warmest of welcomes. Today we're jumping in to the last of the sermon series on rest. We're so glad you're here. If you'd like to see some of the discussion questions that go along with the sermon or find other ways where you can grow in your faith, we encourage you to go to schweitzer.church next. You'll find all kinds of resources. But we are so glad you're here. We've got some great news about things happening this upcoming week and on into the future. And so we're going to turn you over to Corey, who's going to share some of those things with you. Let's take a listen. Hello, welcome to Schweitzer Church. We are so glad you're here. I'm Corey Lucivo, Director of Connections. This is an important week at Schweitzer as we celebrate Holy Week and prepare for Easter next Sunday. Our Easter festivities begin with a Maundy Thursday service on April 6th at 6 p.m. This will be a special service with communion and a time to reflect upon Christ's sacrifice. Following our Maundy Thursday service, and then on Friday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., we invite you to arrive at Entrance C, where you'll be taken on a journey through the last words of Jesus as part of our Good Friday interactive experience. We'd love to see families, friends, and small groups join in this experience together. Our Easter service times are 9 a.m. for traditional worship and 11 a.m. for modern worship. Both will be live streamed at schweitzer.live and on YouTube. And between services, Schweitzer Kids will host an egg hunt at 1015. Easter is also a great time to serve as a greeter, usher, or in another spot. Find out more info or sign up to serve at schweitzer.church/easter. Also coming up this week is our next second season lunch on Thursday, April 6th at 11.30 a.m. This month, we'll hear from Jenny Talbert, who recently led the Fair Grove Girls basketball team to the state championship. If you plan to go, sign up today at the Blue Booth or online at schweitzer.church. Then on Tuesday night, April 18th, we'll be offering a new short-term class called Recovering from Losses in Life. Whether you're experiencing significant tragedies or facing several small setbacks, this book and group will be an encouragement. Learn more about this class by talking to Pastor Sheila or head to schweitzer.church/next. One last reminder for Easter next Sunday, we encourage you to invite your friends and family to come join us on this special day. Also, plan to sit near the front and towards the middle of your pew to allow everyone to find a seat. Once again, we are so glad you're here. Now, let's continue in worship. And now, as we enter into worship, if you're with us live, we encourage you to say hello in the chat feature. If you'd like prayer, there's somebody in the prayer room that would be happy to pray with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And let us sing hallelujah to the King as he joins us in worship. Confess that I've been a criminal. I'm 
stolen your breath and sang my own song. And Lord, I confess that I'm far from innocent. The shackles I wear, I bought on my own. The scarlet sins had a crimson cross, you nailed my debt to that old rugged cross, and empty slave. Thank God that stone was rolled away. Lord, I confess I've been the prodigal made for your house, but walked my own roads. Then she.
and cost You nailed my debt to that old rugged cross An empty slate at the empty grave Thank God that stone was rolled away As our sermons have been focusing on rest and the Sabbath, our prayers have also been um, leading us in that direction. Today, I'd like to invite you to join me in a prayer to welcome the Sabbath. Lord of creation, create in us a new rhythm of life, composed of hours that sustain rather than stress, of days that deliver rather than destroy, of time that tickles rather than tackles. Lord of liberation, by the rhythm of your truth, Set us free from the bondage and baggage that break us, from the pharaohs and fellows who fail us, from the plans and pursuits that prey upon us. Lord of resurrection, may we be raised into the rhythm of your new life, dead to deceitful calendars, dead to fleeting friend requests, dead to the empty peace of our accomplishments. To our packed full planners, we bid peace, to our over-caffeinated consciences, we say, cease. To our suffocating selves, Lord, grant release. Drowning in a sea of deadliness and death times, we rest in you, our lifeline. By your ever-restful grace, allow us to enter your Sabbath rest as your Sabbath rest enters into us. In the name of our Creator, our Liberator, our resurrection and life, we pray. Kind Father, hear our prayers and look with favor upon your people. And may your Son and Holy Spirit surround us, draw us into your life, shape us and fashion us into the person of Christ for your glory and our good. And as we pray all things, teach us to pray with Jesus. When we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, I'd like to share with you some exciting news about some of the things that have been happening in one of our community ministry partners, Flourish. Um, this past week, Flourish uh, commissioned and had a groundbreaking ceremony for a new affordable housing unit called Nordic Landing that's going to be in partnership with um, DHTC and some other partners here in the city. Uh, this unit will begin to take shape. In about 18 months, it'll be ready for occupancy. It's going to be a great place for Flourish to bring some of its fantastic ministries, support ministries, to bear with some folks who are aging out of foster care, and other folks within another neighborhood within the city of Springfield. It's a fantastic opportunity. 
And then also, uh, Flourish was able to, to participate in a neighborhood cleanup in the neighborhood called the Heart of the West Side, uh, where Flourish will be having its offices beginning in the fall. It's a great, some great opportunities and some great work has been done for Flourish this past week. So we're celebrating um, all the people who've joined in to participate. And we're celebrating and we're giving thanks to God because faithful giving, um, faithful giving and generous giving over a long period of time is bearing some fruit. And so we give God thanks and we're thankful for your faithful giving today. You can give at Schweitzer.church slash give or you can give through the Church Center app. But faithful ministry bears fruit in some powerful ministries that connect with other people. So thank you so much. Up next is the last of our sermons on rest, at least in this series. Let's enter in and let's hear about how Jesus is our rest. Welcome today. My name is Spencer. I'm so glad that you joined us today. This is part six of six of a, of a series called Rest. Now, part six of six, that means that, that next week is Easter. And so next Sunday, we get to celebrate the resurrection. We get to celebrate the victory that Jesus gives us and, and to share this with others. So I hope that you'll join us. I hope that you'll invite someone to come along with you as well as we celebrate resurrection, the very reason why we are here, the hope that we have. Now, one of the things that you can do to really make Easter special for, for everyone who comes is that you can help us make space. You can help us make space in really two practical things, really easy to remember. We're gonna ask you to do two things, ready? Park far and sit close. So if you're coming in person to Easter, park far and sit close. We're gonna ask you to take the, the worst parking spots that you can find. If you're able to do, then you can walk in um, with, by, by taking a, a far parking spot. But then uh, as, you, as you come in, Sit close. So sit towards the front. Sit towards the middle of your row as we are going to make space for people. So if you're coming in person, we encourage you to be here early. We'll be at nine o'clock traditional, 11 o'clock modern. The place will be full. And so you want to get, make sure you're here early. We'll also be live streaming those services so you can share this digitally or you can join us online as we celebrate Easter together. The reason why we are here because Jesus is alive. I cannot wait to celebrate this with you next week. Uh, today is part six of six of our series on rest where we have been exploring the biblical teaching of the Sabbath. And what we've been learning is that the Sabbath is about so much more than just what do you do or not do on a certain day of the week. It's, it's really about an entire way of life that very few people find. And so as we've been going through this, we've, we've acknowledged that, you know, modern American Christians, we've pretty much dismissed the Sabbath. It's old fashioned. It's irrelevant. It's not something we really think about, even though it's 
all over the Bible. I mean, there's almost 200 references to the Sabbath in the Bible, but we don't really think about it. It's a core biblical thought, but it's not something that we spend much time thinking about. So I've had this wild theory that's been guiding the series. I've shared it with you every week that, uh, that modern American Christians desperately need to rediscover the Sabbath. That's, that's my theory. We desperately need to rediscover the Sabbath. Because in its place, what we've done is we've just adopted the pace of the world. Many of us, we're just, we're just living tired, busy, overscheduled, hectic kinds of lives. We're just stretched to the max, uh, filling our, our every moment with something else to do. And this is how the world lives, what we've adopted. And the result of this is that we're burnt out and fatigued and stressed and anxious and tired and distant from God and distant from others. And just wonder if that doesn't sound a little bit familiar to you. And so the Sabbath is a, is a practical way of, of rediscovering the pace of life that God has given us. Now, as we've gone through the series, we've seen some practical things the Sabbath teaches us. We've seen that the Sabbath, uh, it teaches us that, that time belongs to the Lord. That was week one of this series. And if time belongs to the Lord, then time is holy. And it's something that we're going to be held accountable to. And so as we think about how we spend our time, we don't want to waste it away. We don't want to spend it on things that are inferior or things that pull us away from the life we want to live. We want to use our time. The only resource we'll never get back in our life. We want to use our time to its fullest. We've also seen a really practical thing that the Sabbath teaches us to live within our limits. And so I, I talked about the what I call the law of limitations, really not profound, self-evident truth about life that we all have limits. We only have so much time, so much money, so much energy, so much bandwidth, so much thinking that we have in our life. And, and there's great wisdom in learning to live within those limits, except that what most people do is, is they live past their limits, or at least they try to live past their limits. And that's not a recipe for success. That's a recipe for burnout and stress and anxiety. And along with that, we also saw how the Sabbath, what it teaches us is to build margin into our life. It allows us to, to build space into our life that, that gives us more space in order to, to help other people and to vest in things that are really, really important. And so I challenged you. I said, if you're going to really keep the Sabbath, you're going to be intentional about this. I don't mean legalistic, but this is going to be something that you're serious about. One of the things that you're going to find is that your capacity for doing good in this world is going to rise. Your capacity for helping people, for connecting with people, for building relationships, for maybe building a family life that is healthy and sustainable, a relationship with God that is growing. As you build margin, and the Sabbath does this, helps us build margin, space in our life for these things to happen, you're going to find that your capacity for good, it rises. Well, today, Matthew chapter 11, week six of this series, the last thing we're going to say, and what we're going to see today, we're going to take a kind of a, a turn as we talk about the Sabbath, because we're not going to talk about the Sabbath today as, as so much a, a practice that we have. But rather, what I want to show you is that the Sabbath, it, it really is important because it points us not to a practice, but to a person. And so we're going to see today, we're going to read a passage, Matthew chapter 11. It doesn't specifically mention the word Sabbath, but this is really what this passage is about. So Matthew chapter 11, this is Jesus speaking. He says this, verse 28. He says, come to me all. Come to me all. This is everybody. Everybody is invited to come to Jesus. Everybody is invited to come to him, no matter what they've been like, their lives have been like, what, they're, what they believe or don't believe, everyone is invited to Jesus. So come to me all, and then listen to these words of invitation. All you who are weary and burdened. All you who are weary and burdened. Now in context, Jesus is talking about, about legalism, which is an approach to, to try to have a relationship with God that's, that's all about the rules. 
And in Jesus' day, of course, the Pharisees, they really emphasized the rules and the, the legalism there. We've talked a lot about that in this series. And, 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 and the thing about legalism is when, when your relationship with God is based solely on rules, there's no life in that. And so Jesus gives an invitation to go beyond the rules to something that's more personal, where you can have a relationship, a personal relationship with God. And, and the context here is, is, is of, that, of that legalism. However, I, I think this invitation is, is much broader than this. I think this is an invitation that's it's much broader because when I look at the life of Jesus, he's routinely inviting people to him who carry all kinds of weariness and all kinds of burdens in life, that he's continually inviting people to come to him, to, to understand him and to know him. And so as I look at this invitation in these, in these broad terms, I see that Jesus is inviting everyone, everyone who's burned out and weary and, and tired. Um, I have this, this good friend, his name's John, who introduced me several, several years ago to... Um, this idea that there are two different kinds of tired in life. And this has been so helpful for us. My, my family, we use this. My wife and I will, will talk in these terms, these two different types of tired. And it's been really helpful language to, to kind of understand. And so my friend John, the first category of or type of, of being tired, he calls, um, his words, not mine, he calls being uh, short tired. And uh, short tired is just exactly that. It's just, I'm tired. I need to take a nap. I need to maybe go to bed early or sleep in. I need to, if I'm really, really short tired, you know, I've had a long week, maybe I need to take a personal day and even take a day off work or something like that. But being short tired is like, I just need to rest. I just need to sleep. I just need to recover. And then, and then I'll be fine. I just need to kind of catch up on my sleep. And that's being short sighted or short tired. But there's another kind of tired that my, my friend John has introduced us to. And this is a, a kind of tired that isn't about taking a nap or maybe taking a, a day off or sleeping in on, on, a, on a Saturday. This is a different kind of tired altogether. He calls this kind of tired, um, long tired. And this is so helpful, long tired. It's, it's not the kind of tired that you just overcome because you, you, know, you caught up on your sleep. Uh, long tired is something that, that is much, much deeper in our lives where we're carrying things and we're, we're walking through things that are just stressful. And even a, even a vacation doesn't solve being long tired. And that's kind of what we think sometimes when we're really weary and burdened. We think, ah, if I just get away, unwind a little bit, maybe I'll, I'll get recovered. But that doesn't even help it because the real problem with being long tired is that the only way you can really change that is if you change things in your life. And so you might take a vacation and think that's going to solve the problem, but it doesn't solve the problem because you come back to the exact same circumstances that made you, you know, long tired to begin with. And so, so we have these, these, these kinds of, two kinds of tires here. And so when I see here Jesus say, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I, I just can't help but think of my friend John's term here of being, of being long tired, that this is an invitation to all who are stressed, all who are grieving, all who are burdened, all who all who are anxious, all who are lonely, all who feel like they're at the end of their rope, like this is what it is to be long tired and this invitation to all of us, come to me all you who are, who are long tired. And if that's you this morning, and by the way, we all find ourselves in those kinds of seasons from time to time, but if that's you this morning, you know, this is an invitation then from Jesus to you to come to him. And what I've discovered in my own life and in doing this work is that Oftentimes, there are some very predictable reasons why we find ourselves long tired, or to use the words of Jesus, uh, weary and burdened. And um, these are not the only reasons, of course, but, but these are some, some very predictable things that tend to make us uh, tired like this. Um, three things, very, very predictable. The first is, is just simply this, that, that you might find yourself being long tired very predictably 
because you're living in self-destruction. Now in church, we have another word for that. We call that sin. But you're living, maybe there's something in your life. There's, there's a relationship in your life, but there's something happening in your life that's, that's in rebellion to God. It's in rebellion. It's in opposition to God. It's, it's leading you away from the life that God has for you. Um, and, and this will always leave you weary and burdened. And so this kind of self-destruction, it comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes. I mean, it could be that um, you have some sort of just behavioral, um, outright behavioral sin in your life that, that you're not addressing, maybe, um, maybe an addiction. I think about maybe to a substance, maybe alcohol or, or pornography or gambling or something like that that's leading you away from the life that God has for you. Or, or maybe there's a relationship in your life that doesn't honor God and, and, and you're living maybe with, maybe you're living with vindictiveness or, or some self-centeredness or some, some bitterness, some, uh, maybe some unforgiveness that's, that's sinful and it's self-destructive and it's leading you away from God. Or, or maybe you're filling your life maybe with material things and, and life isn't about material things, not treasures on earth. God wants us to have treasures in heaven. And so maybe you're filling your life with material things. It's a self-destructive, it's a sinful way to live. And, and it's leading you away from the life that God has for you. And it's re- being just replaced with anxiety and worry. Or, or it could be that maybe there's even a deeper rooted kind of rebellion, a deeper rooted sin, um, like an idolatry. And idolatry maybe to work or to money or to simply having people like you. There's all kinds of ways that, that we fill our lives with idolatry. But the thing is, if you're living where you have parts of your life that are being lived in opposition to God, that it is self-destructive, it is sinful, and 100% of the time, it is going to leave you eventually weary and burdened. And this is why vacation doesn't help solve this because you're just coming back to the same patterns, the same way of life. Another very predictable reason you might end up weary and burdened is, is, is this, the second reason, is because you're carrying things that you're not meant to carry. And this will also leave you weary and burdened. So maybe you're, you're overwhelmed with worry. Maybe you, you've got anxiety and instead of seeking God and surrendering these things to him, you just, you just keep picking up these things and trying to carry them yourself. And this will leave you weary and burdened. Um, maybe you're dealing with tragedy, grief, death, physical um, physical disease, physical illness. And certainly these are really difficult things. And I want to make clear here, I'm not trying to gloss over the pain and the grief that comes with these kinds of things in life. I'm not trying to say that in the slightest bit. I mean, when, when those tragedies strike, you will and you should feel the pain and that grief. I mean, this is how actually God has made us. We go through that tragedy. But, but how you deal with that pain and how you walk through that pain, that really matters. Because the truth is the Lord wants to walk with you through those times. He wants to walk with you through the grief, with you through the pain, with you through that difficulty. He wants to walk with you with that. But a lot of times we don't want to walk with the Lord. And so instead of seeking him and casting our cares on him as the Bible teaches, we just we just keep picking that pain up ourselves and trying to go our own way. And, and, and in reality, what God has done is he's given us these ways that we can cast our cares, our burdens on him. And and we, we don't do that. Instead, we just carry them ourselves. And so sometimes we, we even practically, we don't think about the ways that God has designed us and created the, these, these practical ways for us to, to trust in Him. Uh, we don't rely on other people. We don't seek uh, the church, the, the fellowship of other believers to help carry us through these times, these gifts that God has given us to, 
to have people praying for us, to have people seeking God on our behalf, to have, to have maybe someone to talk to or, or even counseling with a godly person to lead us towards God's truth. Like these are the ways that we begin to rely on God. And so sometimes though, what we do is we just think, I got to carry this myself. It's my own burden to bear. And we just, we just pile more and more upon ourselves and we just carry this, which, which really isn't ours to carry because the truth is that God wants us to, wants to carry our burdens for us. He wants to, to lead us and to carry us uh, on our behalf. Now, another way that this happens, we start to carry things that aren't ours to carry is sometimes we might have a difficult person, a difficult situation. Maybe, maybe there's something in your life that you're trying to fix. And so you spend a lot of time trying to fix that thing or that person, which is just a recipe for foolishness. I mean, oh my gosh, you can't fix other people. A lot of times you can't even fix these circumstances that aren't ours to fix. And and so we just, we spend our time and our energy trying to do this and it just, it leaves us weary and burdened. Um, it leaves us long tired because we're, we're carrying things that aren't ours to carry. Another very predictable reason we might be weary and burdened um, is simply this. This is our third thing, is that you're running at a pace that you just can't keep. You're running at a pace that you can't keep. I mean, we've talked a lot about this in our series, that when you start to fill your, your life with just more things, and you have a, a pace of life that just mirrors the world where you fill your calendar with more stuff. You have another uh, thing you're trying to do, another evening that takes you away from your family, another, another weekend that takes you away from church. Like all of these kinds of things, this is, this is how the culture lives. I mean, we, we discussed in one of our sermons is that, is that what, uh, one of the things we're learning is that in our culture, times that family that spins together is on the decline. And so things that families used to do together, like have dinner together, it's, it's on the decline because we've just adopted this pace of the world of filling more and more things in our life. And of course, that's going to live us weary and burdened. Now, certainly there are going to be seasons of life. We all recognize this where, where you're just going to be busy. You start a new job. You start a company. You, you have kids. You have to, you're caring for an aging parent. And it, and it just more and more things come and fall onto your plate. But we have to recognize that the pace and the busyness of those seasons, listen, this is really important. It always comes at a cost. We need to recognize this. And I, I want you to hear this. If you've not been paying attention, I want you to come back and pay attention to this part. If you think that you can live your life on a fast, demanding pace, where you just fill more and more things to your plate, and you think you can do that without it catching up to you, that is a lie. It is a lie. Those seasons of busyness, you will always pay the price for them. And, and it might be things that are out of your control, but you have to recognize that you're going to pay the price for those seasons of busyness. You might pay the price in your marriage. You might pay the price um, in your relationship with God. You might pay the price um, in just your own personal self as you deal with the stress, maybe through an addiction. Or you might pay the price in your emotions as you, uh, as you find yourself more angry, more irritable, more short-tempered. Uh, more quick to judge as you, as you just, you, you've paying the price for this. So we need to realize that if you're running at a pace, if you're running at a pace that, that you can't keep up with, you will pay the price for this. It's going to leave you weary and burdened. And so as we talk about these things that leave us weary and burdened, they don't just fix themselves. You, you're not going to solve this by just taking a nap or taking a vacation or taking a day off. Like you have to make changes in your life. And the biblical word for that is you have to make repentance. Things actually have to change. And so there's an invitation here. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And then listen to what he says next. 
and I will give you rest. Now, this is in the New Testament. If this was in the Old Testament, the word here in the Hebrew would have been Shabbat. I will give you Sabbath. This is the promise of Jesus. I will give you Sabbath. And I want you to notice this. When Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, his solution to our weariness and burdens, his solution to our long tired and our stress and our anxiety and the loneliness we feel, his solution to those things, once you catch it, is really, really simple. What is it? It's him. He's the solution. He is the rest that we're looking for. He doesn't say, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'm going to give you four easy steps to alleviate your stress. <laughs> he doesn't say, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you become better at self-care. He doesn't say, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I'm going to give you a book to read and a podcast to listen to that's going to help reframe these things so you can think about everything differently. No, no, no. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I, I, I will give you rest. Jesus is, is the rest that we're looking for. Because you see, rest is not found in another program. Rest is not found in another practice. Rest is found in a person. And his name is Jesus. So Jesus goes on. He says this next. Verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest. And again, notice if this is the Old Testament, the word here would have been Shabbat, Sabbath. I will give you Sabbath for your souls. And then he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now in Jesus' day, there were these um, rabbis, lots of rabbis who had traveled the countryside from village to village, just like Jesus did. And they would um, call their teaching, what, what it is that they, they taught, their kind of their curriculum. They would call that their yoke. This is their, their teaching was, their, was, was to follow how to follow the Torah, was, was called their yoke. And of course, this is using what, you know, an oxen would carry the, pull the plow with or the, the cart with, the, the yoke that would, that would be used by those oxen. And it's, it's kind of like the rabbis were saying, this is like your burden to bear is, is this teaching that I have for you. And so Jesus says, if you come to me and you get to know me and you follow my teaching and you know me personally, what you're going to find is a different kind of yoke altogether because you're not going to want find one that gives you more burdens. You're going to find one that gives you rest. Now, for clarity's sake, it needs to be said that when Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light, he is not saying uh, that it's easy to follow him. He's also not saying that if you do follow him, that your life will be easy. That's, that's not what he is saying. He is, he's He's not saying that if you follow him, you're not going to have any problems, any stress, any grief, any pain, any trouble in life, any struggles, doubt. This is not what he's saying. But rather what he's saying is that in the midst of those things, there's still an offer of rest. In the midst of, of those things that are outside of our control, like you can still find rest even with those things being piled up to, onto our plates. And, and that's something we need to hear because some of us think, if only we could change that thing. If, if only I could change that person that circumstance, if I could only oh, change that job, if only I could change my finances, or if I only could change my health, or if I could only change my in-laws, like if I could only change that, like that, that, that thing, then, then I wouldn't be so burned and, and tired and stressed. It's like, that's the key to my relief. But, but Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Those, the invitation is that even in the midst of those things, there is this offer of rest because it's, it's, it's a way of life that you find by knowing a person. His name, of course, is Jesus. He gives you rest. So this brings me back to my wild theory of the Sabbath. 
that modern American Christians desperately need to rediscover the Sabbath. And, and not because we need another religious rule, um, and not because we need another day off because we're short tired, or not because we need to like, be better at self-care, but rather because keeping the Sabbath, it points us to a person. It points us to the Lord of the Sabbath. It, it points us to the person who gives us Sabbath, who gives us a rest in our souls that we're only going to find in one place. It points us, it points us to Jesus. And so Jesus invites us, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And this is the kind of rest that you're, you're, you're only gonna find when you put your lives fully, um, completely into the hands of Jesus. And the truth is, you can either take upon yourself the yoke of this world with all of its burdens and weariness and stress, or you could take upon yourself the yoke of Jesus to build a relationship with him to trust him, to give him your life. But the thing is, you quite obviously can't carry two yokes at the same time. Like there's a choice that we have to make of, of which kind of life are we going to live. So maybe today, maybe, I know that there's gonna be some people who are watching today who are long tired. You're stressed, you're anxious, you're weary, you're burdened, you're, you're carrying things and, and, um, and this is describing your life and, and maybe, Maybe you're long tired, you're weary and burdened for some very predictable reasons. Maybe you've got some self-destruction that you've been entertaining, some sin in your life that, that you've been living in, a relationship and a secret, an addiction maybe, maybe just a mindset, some vindictiveness and bitterness. I don't know what it is for you, but maybe there's, there's something that you need to address and you're not gonna find relief, you're not gonna find rest until you address that. Or, or maybe very predictably, you're tired, you're weary, you're burdened because you're, you're carrying some things that aren't yours to carry. And there's an invitation that the Lord wants to walk with you through these things. And, and today is a day where you need to surrender that to the Lord. Maybe that surrender means that you need to talk to someone. It means you need to ask for prayer. It means that you maybe even need to seek out a counselor to deal with some of the things that you're, you're being burdened with. Join a support group or something that helps you deal with this because the thing is the Lord wants to walk with you in this, in this season. Or maybe very predictably, you're tired, you're weary, you're burdened because you've been running at a pace in life that you just can't keep. And it turns out that those seasons in life, they come at a cost. You're not gonna be able to live your life without those costs. It's a lie to think that you can. And you need to make some changes to just the pace that you're living because it's coming at a cost. And so if this is you, you're weary and burdened, I want you to hear the invitation of Jesus really clearly. This is right for you. Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Let's pray together. And so, Father, we hear your invitation, the invitation of your Son given to us, the power of the Spirit to come and to find rest in you. We don't have to keep searching. We don't have to keep striving. We don't have to keep wearing these burdens that, that aren't ours to carry. And so, Father, today, we just we want to find the rest that you have for us. We think about these very predictable reasons that sometimes we find ourselves weary and burdened. Maybe there's sin in our life we need to confess, we need to repent of, we need to deal with. Would you convict us of this? If there's a relationship, if there's an attitude, if there's an action that is leading us towards towards this weariness, Lord, would you bring this to our hearts and our minds that we can repent? 
Or, or maybe there's, there's things in our lives we're carrying that aren't ours to carry. We're trying to fix someone else. Or maybe we've got burdens that, that we need to give to you. And so today to the Lord, as we pray, we just, we just want to give these things to you. Not to pick them back up for ourselves, but to give these burdens to you. To seek you, to, to be able to find, have you um, carry these for us as we cast our burdens on you as the, as the Bible teaches us. Or maybe we're living at a pace that we need to take stock of. We can't keep up with. And we keep thinking that this busy season isn't going to have any cost, but it is. And so, Lord, we need to be reminded again of the, of the pace of life that you have for us, this practice of Sabbath that brings us back to life. But remember, where we are, would you, would you encourage us with uh, this invitation of Jesus, that there is rest in you? And so for anyone who's with us and, and doesn't know the rest, the peace, the joy, the life that comes in knowing Jesus Christ, we just want to offer a simple prayer in response to this uh, this invitation that Jesus has for us. So we say, Lord Jesus, would you forgive me my sin and would you lead my life? Lord, we thank you that you love us, that you call us your children, and that you want for us rest in our souls. It's in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray today. Amen. Hey friends, thanks for joining us in worship today. Our hope and prayer is that you would find the help and the hope and the healing of Christ at work within your lives through experiences like this and through Christian community. So thanks for joining us. A big thank you also goes out to all those who helped participate in today's worship, to our worship team, to Corey, to Alec behind the scenes, to Spencer. A big thanks, one and all. If you were blessed, if you found this helpful to you, we'd encourage you to take a moment, share it with a friend. You know how to share through social media. Now, we look forward to seeing you next week when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Throughout this week, there are going to be a number of things happening on the Schweitzer campus. You are invited to join us. Holy Thursday, Good Friday experience, Easter Sunday. We'd love to see you. If you're not close by or if you can't join us, we'll look forward to seeing you online. And we'll always love to know that you're here. We're here for you. The Lord bless you. And may his peace rest upon you. Amen. With a thousand tongues to lift one cry Then north and south and east and west We'd hear Christ be magnified And were the whole earth echoing his eminence His name would burst from sea and sky From rivers to the mountaintops We'd hear Christ be magnified And oh, Christ be magnified Let His praise arise Christ be magnified in me, and oh, Christ be magnified in the altar of my life, 
Sufferings, and I'll join you when you rise. 